Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? It's Justin. Happy Sunday afternoon. I don't know that I've ever done a random live video on the Facebook page on a Sunday afternoon. Let me see here. My computer's a little bit dark. Mm, forgive my bedhead, everybody. I need a haircut, but I can't go get a haircut. You know, because of coronavirus and stuff. Um, so here's what I want to do. I posted in my private groups that I was going to go live here and give you guys some updates. So I'm going to give this a minute. I'll also probably put this out as a podcast. I'm going to give this a minute and let some people come here live. What's up, Judy? What's up, Erica? Um, hopefully some people will start to populate this. If not, I'll share it in all the groups after the fact so you guys can listen. Um, maybe I'll put it out on YouTube. I've been putting a lot of information on YouTube Lately, I just made a playlist about coronavirus. Uh, I wanted to go live at about noon, but was getting a bunch of gathering a bunch of information that I've gathered over the last couple of days, and I wanted more coffee. So there's that. Um, I'm not going to put a time limit on this one. I'm just going to kind of chat with you guys, and I have some notes I want to share with you. Um, we're going to talk about everything from the economic impacts of this to actual treatments that people are finding that have been quite successful, um, and not for like complete reversal or anything like that, but. We're going to dig in here in a minute. I just want to make sure that some people are, are coming over. I'm going to look at the groups. So let's dig into this. If you guys want to do me a favor, if you have questions, just go ahead and drop them in the comments. Okay, cool. We got 37 live viewers now. That's pretty great. I think we can go ahead and do this. Um, Erica, working from home, school closed for two weeks, just got my dry farm wine shipment, so I should be okay for at least two months. I have nine bottles of dry farm wines in my house, and I haven't cracked any of them yet. I've been waiting to see what this is going to look like. Um, okay, let's dig in. Here's what I'm gonna do with this video. Um, I am fortunate enough to find myself in a position where I have a ridiculous network of people all around the world. And some of these people would be considered people in very, very, very high places, um, which allows me to get some information usually before the general public does. Um, I have to be really careful with that. So what I have decided is this has now become serious enough where I am not going to like myself as a person if I don't share what I know with you guys. That's where I'm at on a personal level. So I'm, I've decided I'm just going to continue to share with you guys as things go forward. Um, in, this, in this little Facebook Live right here, I'm going to give you all of the information that I currently have. That said, I'm going to give you the information I currently have without giving you the sources of where I got it from. I cannot do that. Um, in my world, in my network, um, trust is everything. So uh, refrain from asking me where these things came from. And uh, I'm going to dig in. We're just going to dig in here. So let me pull up some, some Evernote stuff. Okay, so again, yes, I've written all this down. I'm going to share all the info that I currently have. Um, okay, so here's, here's where I'm at. Let me just dig in here. I had some information given to me on Thursday afternoon that I was not comfortable sharing. Um, I will share that information with you now and again without sources. So on Thursday, I spent the afternoon going around to, to my mom and stepdad's house, uh, calling my dad, my brother, my sister, calling everybody and letting them know to get at least two weeks worth of food prepared for a nationwide lockdown, an imminent nationwide lockdown. And I 100% trusted the source of this information and um, started acting accordingly. So me personally, I have a I have enough food in my house for probably a year. You know, um, I'm all good because of hunting and uh, you know I know farmers around here. I get pasture raised, grass fed beef. It's in a big freezer. I have a bunch of venison. I have pork. I have you know pigs that I've shot or whatever. Um, so I'm good to go in my house. 
And I was uncomfortable sharing that information with anybody on Thursday, one, because I was asked not to, besides my immediate family, and two, because very shortly after I got this information, on Friday morning, the president announced that he was going to have a press conference that afternoon. In my mind, I was fairly certain that at 3 p.m. on Friday, you all were going to get the same information that I already had, which is why I refrained from putting it out there. I didn't want to be the alarmist. Um, there's a lot of that going on. A lot of us that that have these networks of people, I'm talking to people on multiple different continents about this. And you don't want to be the alarmist. You don't want to scare people, right? You really don't. Um, but in the same sense, this is now serious enough that it makes sense for me to share this information with you guys. If I'm wrong, cool. If I'm wrong, that's that's totally cool. I'm totally cool with that. I've been wrong about things before. You know, I, I like having my mind changed. So um, I just want you to know that I was told on Thursday that that a nationwide lockdown is imminent. And now we are, so I, I, I inaccurately assumed that that's what the press conference was for on Friday. As you know, that was declared a state of emergency. It was not what I thought it was going to be. What has turned out to be true is I think that my sources were just very, very far ahead of the game. I now believe, and I am here to tell you, that there is going to be a nationwide lockdown of some type. I believe it's going to start on the coasts with Boston, New York City, and California. I think that Washington is also going to do the same. I think they're already taking steps to do that. And I think it's going to be a domino effect. Now, once we have a few states that fall into lockdown, that's when I think an announcement will be made that there's probably going to be a nationwide lockdown. I want to be very clear here. I could be wrong about this. Nobody knows except the people who actually have the power to make the lockdown happen. And even those people are still trying to make up their mind on what to do. This is a guessing game. I think it's very irresponsible that they haven't done it yet. Um, it is very, very clear that containment has been basically the single most impactful thing that we've been able to do in other countries. So I don't know why we didn't jump on this thing sooner. I feel like we really should have. Um, I have been pretty much self-contained since Thursday. I was supposed to play gigs this weekend, and I know that people that I know are going out and playing piano and singing in shared microphones, and the crowd is singing along. I, I cannot believe that people are not taking this more serious. Um, so that's the information that I have right now. In terms of what a lockdown looks like, because I know a lot of people are going to ask me that, um, I don't exactly know. I would say look to places like Italy and France where they have closed all non-essential businesses. What they have done that I, that I really think is smart, and I think they'll do that here in the U.S. as well, is grocery stores, pharmacies, gas stations, ATMs. Uh, banks probably won't stay open, but I'm assuming that their drive through ATMs will. Uh, I think that they need to keep these things open because if they don't, there's going to be mass hysteria, okay? If they decide to close grocery stores, we got big problems. And I will explain that more to you um, in the end of this. I want to I want to get to some other notes here and and just explain what you guys can do for your um for your for your families and stuff. John, I'm sleeping good because you taught us well. Nothing gets in the way of my sleep. Not even a pandemic. Yeah, me too. It's weird. I just I'm waking up a lot earlier and I'm tossing and turning a little bit more. Obviously, I have the pod tracking my sleep. I have my aura ring tracking my sleep, and I'm tossing and turning a bit more. So, uh, yeah, I'd be lying if I said that this last week was not stressful. We stocked our very small freezer last Monday, thank God. Yes, uh, people are not taking, Michelle, people are not taking this seriously. They want school closed, but then everyone is still going out. Oh yeah, and, and, and that's the thing is there's a lot going on around play dates. 
people are making play dates. Um, I had someone ask me, they wanted to go over to their grandma's house and I'm like, no, <laughs> you know? And um, yeah, oh yeah, Michelle, that was you and I talking about that, right? We were talking about uh, your grandma and I, no, no, I don't, I don't see a situation in which the risk versus reward makes any sense. People are not taking this seriously enough at, at all, you know? And it's a bummer because you want to go see people. like. What happens when a lockdown like this, if, if a lockdown happens, it's like, I want to go see my mom and I want to go see Tommy and everything. That's probably a safe bet for me because my mom and my stepdad live on my street and I have been self-quarantining since, I mean, really by accident since last Monday because I work from home, you know? So is it is it bad for me to go visit my mom and stepdad? I don't think that it is. Um, I feel wonderful. I have zero symptoms, but we're going to talk about symptoms versus the asymptomatic individuals. That's the stuff that I want to dig into. Yeah, you close the grocery stores and that's when people start to lose their shit, 100%. Sam, I've been sleeping terribly. Last night after working in the in the ED, all I could do was dream about COVID stuff. I totally get it. This is very scary, you guys. It really is. Um, so one thing that I want to say here is the reason why I say this is scary is because of the masses. Again, we are victims of the masses. We are at the mercy of the masses. That's what I've been saying since I did the AMA. What I want you to understand, I am still not afraid of COVID-19 personally for myself at all. Honestly, part of me is like, I wish I would just have it and just hang out in my house for the next 14 days. You know what I mean? It would almost be easier. Um, there's also some insanity happening in the UK where they're considering this idea of herd immunity, like purposefully infecting 60% of their population in hopes that the other 40% will then not be infected and they'll build up some kind of herd immunity. Wow, the world is, is literally going crazy here. There's all sorts of stuff um, being suggested. But again, I really want you to understand that the only fear that I have here is the masses. What happens with the masses? How serious does the lockdown get? Um, there is There are stories in Italy of people literally not being able to leave their homes because there will be legal consequences for leaving their homes. That could get really scary. I don't know that that's gonna happen in the US. I do not know what a lockdown looks like. I cannot give you a 100% guarantee that a nationwide lockdown is happening. I can tell you that I have prepared myself for that scenario and I have prepared my family for that scenario because I believe that it will happen. Um, so very, very important for you guys to understand. Okay. Um, now, I wanna give you a scenario here in terms of the masses of the reason why I say that we're victims of the masses. So everyone has run out and done this bulk buying thing, right? Which really does drive me crazy. You, you don't, another, another example of people just being selfish, right? The people that are going out, running around saying, I'm not afraid of this thing, they're being selfish because we're gonna talk about how asymptomatic people, people with no symptoms are probably responsible for the rapid spread of this thing. Um, so we're gonna talk about that. And then we're gonna talk about the fact that people are hoarding things like medical supplies and alcohol wipes and disinfectant wipes and things like Purell and everything. Your family doesn't need two gallons of Purell, you asshole. You just don't, right? So th there's a lot of those things that are really, really irritating. Um, Sam, also, if you were tested positive, you'll most likely just get sent home unless you were actually ill. Not everyone needs to be tested. Yes, 100%, that is the thing. If you have the sniffles and you have a little headache, stay the fuck home. Okay, stay home. The only reason that you are going to be admitted to a hospital, even if you're showing symptoms, is if you are having serious respiratory issues in your lungs. If you have the sniffles and have a headache or whatever, they're not gonna care at all, okay? Because this is the issue. The big scary thing of the masses is overrunning the hospitals. As you guys may have seen, there's a lot of posts about this. Um, a lot of people on the, basically at ground zero of this thing saying, hey, we don't have beds. 
If we don't have beds and you were just in a car accident, you're in big trouble. If you need a surgery because you were in a car accident, you're in big trouble. This is the issue is what's gonna happen with this, the masses is people get the sniffles and run to the emergency room. This is ridiculous, okay? So I want you to understand, I'm not trying to scare you. Again, for over 80 plus percent of people, this is nothing. It's going to feel like a common cold. At worst, it's gonna feel like you have the flu, right? Deal with it. We've all gotten flus. We've all gotten the cold, the common cold. It happens. Stay in your house, self-quarantine, deal with it. Because what happens? You are infected, you go to the hospital, you leave your house, you go somewhere, you possibly infect other people, you possibly take up a bed where they don't need it. What happens if we have a thousand people that need ventilators in a hospital and that hospital has seven ventilators? Well, what happens is what's happening in Italy and they literally have to decide who lives and who dies. That's what's happening in the overrun hospitals. Guys, everyone is talking about not that many people are dying from this thing. This is the, if you're one of these people saying that this is just the media, shut the fuck up, okay? Stop it. Stop. Because it's not about the number of people that are dying. It's not about the number of people that are dying compared to the flu, compared to this, compared to that. We still need hospitals, everybody. Babies are being born every day. People are getting skull fractures. People are breaking their arms. The same shit that happens, people getting sick, people getting injured, people needing medical attention, none of that just stops because coronavirus has happened. There's still car accidents, there's still murders, there's still shootings, there's still all these things going on. There's still little kids falling off a swing set and breaking their arm and they need a doctor too, right? So this is the issue, it's overrunning the hospitals. It's not the matter of like, oh, well, only 27 people died. Why are we all freaking out, blah, blah, blah. It's the overrunning of the hospitals that's going to lead to massive, massive problems. I don't know why people don't understand this. It's ridiculous. Like the medical systems across the globe are not set up for this. Yes, it's killed less people than the flu. The flu doesn't stop because now there's coronavirus. So these things are compounding everybody. It is compounding medical attention that people need that overruns these hospitals completely and infects way more people. You have people that are in a car accident that go to the hospital and now they're in the hospital and they're exposed to someone with COVID-19. Now they leave the hospital and they go home. Do you see how this works? I talked to you guys about exponential growth. I talked about this in a live video in one of the groups, so I'm gonna share it here. The, the analogy of Yankee Stadium. This is how exponential growth works. If you are sitting on the top, top row of the top bleacher section in Yankee Stadium and you're handcuffed all by yourself, empty stadium. You're handcuffed. It's noon. It's 12 p.m. And at 12.01, somebody puts one drop of water on home plate at the bottom of the stadium. One drop. At 12.02, they put two drops. At 12.03, they put four drops. At 12.04, they put eight drops. 12.05, they put 16 drops, right? This is exponential growth. How long do you have before you drown in Yankee Stadium? Before the water is over your head. Most guests come in, guesses come in at hours or days. It's 45 minutes. You'd be underwater in 45 minutes. Remember, on minute one, it's one drop of water, a single drop of water on home plate. Yankee Stadium's full in 45 minutes. This is how exponential growth happens, everybody. This is why when I taught you on the AMA podcast about the R not number, that is exponential growth. One per, literally, the Yankee Stadium example is an R not of two. That's what it is. One drop becomes two. Two drops become four. Four drops become eight. Eight drops become, and it just goes on and on and on, right? 
It's literally the same exact analogy. That's how this thing spreads so quick. So I need you guys to understand that, that the, the hospitals still need to take care of all the people that don't have coronavirus. It's, it's ridiculously overwhelming. This is the problem with the masses. So again, anyone that's just saying this is the media, this is overblown, you got to stop that shit. You're part of the problem, right? There are people going out to bars and drinking. There's, there's footage all over of like college kids going out to bars and drinking. Bars, you need to close. You know, it's, it's crazy. And the thing is, again, for 80 plus percent of us, it's no big deal. But I'm going to explain to you now, it's a really big deal. It's, for 80 plus percent of people infected, it's no big deal. For almost 90% of the population, this is a huge problem. Not a problem for me. I'm not afraid, right? Let's read some comments. Michelle, we aren't scared of coronavirus either. The rest of it, an economy terrified. Yes, Jackie, so many people still think this is entirely political. I had to hang up on my mom when she suggested it. Yes, it's not entirely political, but I'm gonna share some political stuff with you. Uh, Josh, yep, if they go this crazy over TP, then wait till food supplies run out. Yes, I'm thankful I'm a hunter and know how to defend, yes. Um, Lindsay, our stores are completely empty. Sam, please stay home unless you're actually having trouble breathing. Yes, respiratory problems. If you're not having respiratory problems, if you have the, sn the sniffles, stay home, okay? Lindsay, Long Beach, California. What else we got? Spreading like wildfire. Do you think that coronavirus becomes pandemic? Per coronavirus is a pandemic, Muhammad. 100%. It's been a pandemic for weeks. The definition of a pandemic is just a new virus or new disease that impacts multiple countries. This has been a pandemic for a very long time. Jackie, boys have nasty coughs. We're just pushing liquids because that's all they have. Well, and your boys are also very, very young. Um, it's all evidence that we have points to this not being a problem for them. So um, I wouldn't be too, too worried about that. John, Amanda and I each have one small bottle of pump hand sanitizer and that's it. One extra bundle of TP. We have had more than enough to go around. Yes, the other thing is, what do you need hand sanitizer for if you're in your house? No living human being besides myself has been in my house for I don't even know how long. <laughs> it's like I don't need Purell in my house right now. I don't need that in my house, right? And I don't plan on going out into public. So what do I care? Judy, um, can babies carry it and give it to an adult? Um, I don't know. And this is still speculative. Um, I'm going to share some information with you about one of the reasons. Um, but Dr. Peter Atia had talked about it. There is speculation that they don't have the same binding receptors. Um, to carry it, but I don't know. I can't give you a clear answer on that, and I don't think anybody can. How do we protect ourselves if hubby still has to go to work? No, 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 no. This, no, he doesn't have to go to work. He doesn't. This, this again, it's, it's like, guys, this is a pandemic. The, the country is in a state of emergency. Your husband cannot get fired for not going to work. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. If, if he's in a situation, like obviously medical staff and everything, like they're going to work, they need to go to work, all these things. We still need those people there. But I'm going to talk about protection here in a minute, things that we have found to work. But it's it's very, it's like, what are we doing? You know? Oh, U.S. military. Okay, yes. yeah, I, That's right, Stephanie, your husband's a military guy. Yeah, well, hopefully, I would hope that the military would be far more advanced with their information of how to prevent this thing than I would. But I am going to share some stuff that I found with you that has been shared with me from all sorts of different people. How do you feel about going for walks outside with friends? Yes, we're going to talk about that. Um, so I'm going to dig into this now that we're talking about the masses. So masses, again, they're going to go a little bit crazy. The only scary scenario that I was afraid of, I'm actually not worried about this lockdown thing. Again, I think lockdown is coming. I think it will be at least two weeks, could be longer. Um, so I think that could be announced as early as tonight, if not tomorrow. I think at least California, Boston, places like that will be in lockdown by tomorrow. Um, so the only scary scenario with the masses that I was thinking about is if they close grocery stores. Because you guys have to understand, the people that are reliant on things like food stamps, they don't have the luxury of bulk buying. 
So if you have somebody who has like food stamps on a debit card or something like in Nashville, there is a lot of really poor inner city. There's a lot of that in Nashville. People don't like this word. It's not politically correct, but there is a lot of quote unquote ghetto in Nashville. So what happens if you have a big population of people that are completely reliant on this money coming in, whether it's every week or whether it's every other week where they're having a certain amount of dollars loaded onto a card that they use at a grocery, at a grocery store. These people cannot prepare for events like this in the same way that someone like I can. I hunt meat, I know local farmers, all of these things, right? So what happens if they just shut down grocery stores and say people can't leave their houses? Well, now you're gonna have a whole lot of people that do not have enough food in their homes. And that is when really, really bad things start to happen, okay? So that, as long as they keep essential businesses open, and just so you guys know, in France, this includes, again, pharmacies, grocery stores, um, medical facilities, I think they'll still be drive-through ATMs. In France and Italy, they, they even still have tobacco shops open, which is, which is really interesting. Um, Kerrigan, it's going to be really scary when tests become more available and we find out how many people actually have it. Oh yeah, I, I actually think that we have probably somewhere between, anywhere between 10 to 25 times more cases than uh, we currently think that we have. I was told a baby was born with it. Can that be true? I have no idea. Um, Tiffany, I have a nurse, so I'm going to work too. Yeah, I, I am a nurse, I'm going to work too. Yeah, so obviously there are a lot of people that have to go um, to to work, yes. So I'm gonna walk through a couple things with you right now. So I'm kind of ranting here. So let's dig into the rest of these notes. Now, there there are a couple of people that you should follow here. One is Dr. Peter Atia. he's amazing. Um, I've been talking to uh, Rob Wolf behind the scenes and he has a great community that he's been sharing a ton of stuff in that's called The Healthy Rebellion. Um, David Sinclair, while I disagree with David Sinclair on virtually everything he teaches for longevity, um, David Sinclair is one of the top longevity research scientists in the world. Um, so guys, I don't study infectious diseases, right? I've ne I don't know how to look at cells and diseases under a microscope. This is not me. I have been a drunk musician for 17 years, okay? So understand this. All of those people out there that are saying that this is just the media and we have nothing to worry about or this is just to impeach Trump, blah, 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 blah. These people are not fucking biologists. They don't, they've never studied infectious disease. They have no idea what they're talking about. So stop that. If you're one of those people, you got to knock that off, okay? So David Sinclair uh, put out a tweet, uh, a Twitter thread that I'm going to share some of these things with you right now. The biggest thing that concerns me here is it is very, very clear that high blood sugar is a very bad thing for COVID-19. People with high blood sugars are having tremendous problems. They are at a very high risk of complications that come along with the coronavirus. So diabetics and elderly are known to be the most susceptible right now, and they have now discovered that that is because of very high blood sugar. High blood sugar is very, very bad with coronavirus, okay? Now, blood sugars generally, they say that blood sugars generally rise as you age, but in my opinion, that's just because we've been on a Western diet for so long. I don't think that your blood sugars should naturally age unless you've had a non-species appropriate diet for a good portion of your life. So long story short, having low blood sugars is extremely important here. Clovis people, this is wonderful news for you. So it's become very clear that the measure of this that directly correlates with much higher risk of complications seems to be HbA1c. This is hemoglobin A1c. So Sinclair, it's really funny because he's like, oh, everyone needs to eat healthy for the next two years. Well, duh, you know, he's got his entire longevity book that doesn't even talk about eating healthy. It's ridiculous. But anyway, um, so here's the scary part. As I said in the AMA, we now know that high blood glucose levels are a real problem for COVID-19. 
And what I said in the AMA was, we live in a society where 88% of Americans are living with some form of insulin resistance, some level of severity of insulin resistance, which virtually guarantees high corresponding HbA1c levels, okay? So HbA1c is also known as glycated hemoglobin. This is gonna get a little bit nerdy here, but the test gives us a calculated idea of average blood glucose, level, blood glucose levels over the last eight to 12 weeks because that's how long red blood cells survive for. So when your body processes sugar, glucose in the bloodstream actually attaches to hemoglobin. These are hemoglobin proteins, right? And the amount of glucose that attaches to those hemoglobin proteins is directly proportional to the amount of sugar in your system at that time. So this is how this works. We measure the glycated, this means glucose has attached to the protein. It's now a glycated protein. So we measure glycated hemoglobin and that is what gives you your average blood glucose over the last eight to 12 weeks. You want your HbA1c number to be below 5.6. You absolutely want this number to be below 5.6 to be considered even in the normal range and the lower risk range. So understand that high blood sugar is a real problem here. If you think you're gonna go out and buy a bunch of non-perishable foods and eat nothing but pizza and Pop-Tarts for the next couple of weeks while you're on lockdown, this is really not a good idea. Don't do that, okay? I know there's a lot of comments coming in. I'm gonna read some of those here in a second, but I really, really wanted to get you guys to understand this hemoglobin A1C thing. So HbA1C, very important marker. If you're a diabetic, type one diabetic, type two diabetic, and you've been on the fence about doing something like Clovis or trying something like carnivore or doing something to lower your blood sugar levels, you need to get on that shit right now, okay? Absolutely do this. I'm not saying it cures it. I'm not saying it will protect you from not getting it. We, none of us have innate immunity. There is no innate immunity immunity for coronavirus. Understand that. Zero innate immunity. We will probably all get it at some point. The same way that all of us in our lifetimes have had a cold and a flu. Remember, this is one of five. This is the fifth coronavirus. We've had coronavirus for a very, very long time in different in different ways, okay? Now, the other thing I want to be very clear about here, this is super important. I came across this and was like, oh shit. Understand that while I say, God, like I'm 33 and ridiculously metabolically healthy, so I'm not afraid of this thing from a health risk perspective. Now, there is data coming out of Germany and France, and these are intensive care unit physicians. They are saying that they have found a common thread between young people with coronavirus who need to be admitted to the ICU because their symptoms have gotten so severe. Things have gotten so severe in these young people that they get committed to the ICU, okay? So understand that. The common thread they have found is all of these people were using heavy daily doses of NSAIDs to treat their symptoms of fever, cold, cough, flu. flu. Guys, I hate NSAIDs. These are non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, right? They're awful. Aleve, Advil, Tylenol, Ibuprofen, all these things. Do not take them. I have been telling you since like the first day of Clovis that I absolutely hate NSAIDs. And now we see very clearly that there is this correlation in the, in the ICU of young people who shouldn't be at risk of, high comp, of, of complications from COVID-19 that are being admitted to the ICU and they're all taking these NSAIDs to treat their symptoms. So we have a real problem here, guys. The real problem is most of America, most of the world doesn't know how to be healthy. They don't. That's why you needed Clovis. That's why you need me to do this podcast and everything because most people don't know how to be healthy. I have a headache, NSAIDs. I have a fever, NSAIDs. I have body aches, NSAIDs, right? They're just taking these pills, popping these pills, popping these pills, and they're shown to be horrible. Do not take them right now, okay? Same thing goes for like Jackie, if you're thinking about your, your little ones, right? 
If, you, if someone has a cold or has a cough or has a flu, everybody reaches for these fucking ridiculous pills. Don't do it, okay? So let me see here, and then I'm going to dig into some speculatory stuff, and I'm going to give you some direct dosing, actually. And again, I am not claiming that this cures anything. I'm not claiming it even prevents anything. I have no idea. I'm just sharing the information that I have. What else we got here? Denise, my district is closed in Cali until April 10th. Awesome. Yep, that's a long comment. I'm not going to read that whole thing. Sorry. What else we got? Um, Michelle, perfect timing for Girl Scout cookie releases. Yep. So are schools in Ohio. What is considered high blood sugar? Uh, anything over 90 for sure. Anything over 90 for blood sugar is definitely high. Um, and again, HbA1c, you want to be below 5.6. I don't know if you have that test. Um, all the tests that I do on myself, I get heavy blood testing done every three months, once a quarter. And I know my HbA1c, I know my fasted blood glucose, all these things. Like a flat fasted blood glucose, you do not want that to be above 90. If it's above 90, you, you got a higher risk than most people. And even for me, I want my fasted blood sugar to be like 70. I don't, you know, but for an average person, like you want to be below 90. What else we got? Erica, New Hampshire governor just ordered all New Hampshire schools closed for three weeks. Yes, it might be longer than three weeks too. Understand guys, these, these are baselines. These, these economies, these cities, these states, they don't want to be closed. Nobody wants this to happen, right? So when they say, hey, we're closed for two weeks, we're closed for three weeks, just know the possibility of it being longer than that is very, very real right now. Very real. Jackie, eat whole foods, change your world, 100%. I just got out of a five-day fast. No, Anna, okay, um, fasting is really not a good idea right now. Not at all. I have talked about this at length in previous podcasts, so let's talk about this. No, you don't, Denise, you do not want acetaminophen. Acetaminophen is literally the active ingredient in all of these NSAIDs. That's what we're talking about here, right? No, don't do it, okay? So, Anna, do not fast. Do not do extended fasting right now. Do not, okay? So here's what happens. We're talking about extended fasting. I have told people over and over and over again that if you have a viral, a, a, something viral, if you have a virus, you do not want to fast. For bacterial infections, there is some evidence showing that a fast could be helpful. Everybody is obsessed with fasting right now and it pisses me off because nobody understands it, right? And so, Anna, I'm not yelling at you. Guys, anytime I do these AMAs, just know you guys leave a comment and it sparks something in my brain and it makes me talk about things. Anna, this is not directed towards you. I'm not yelling at anyone. I'm just saying this is how I feel about these things. People are overdoing fasting ridiculously, okay? So understand that you don't wanna do an extended fast right now because this spikes your cortisol levels. Spiking your cortisol levels can actually drop your immune system function and make you even more susceptible to this thing. Dr. Peter Atia has a great post about this. Go follow Dr. Peter Atia. I believe it's Peter Atia, A-T-T-I-A-M-D on um, on Instagram. Just search Peter Atia, A-T-T-I-A. He just did an, an uh, uh, Instagram TV video about this. You don't want to fast during this thing. You don't want to do extended fasting for sure, okay? So don't do that. What do we What do we take then? Well, you let your body do its thing, okay? So here's the thing. When you think about things like a fever, unless it's a fever, if the fever's bad enough that you need to be hospitalized, if your fever's 105 or something like that, then you have a situation on your hands, right? But most people, it's like they'll have a fever of 100 and they're like, I gotta pop NSAIDs, right? That is your body's innate immune system. Your body's immune system doing its thing, right? So it's the same way if you fall and twist your ankle, the ankle swells up. This is a natural immune system response, right? It's, it's responding to that stress, to that acute stress that has happened at the site of the injury. It's gonna retain water, there's gonna be inflammation, all these things. Inflammation is very natural. It's the body doing its own thing. Now, if you were in a serious enough situation where you had to be hospitalized for your fever, 
Now you're dealing with coronavirus symptoms that are probably bad enough that you might want to go get checked out. And again, if you're uh, NSAIDs, here's the thing. NSAIDs, all these anti-inflammatories, all these things, these should be last ditch efforts. Same thing with antibiotics. Antibiotics are amazing. They've saved countless lives, right? But they're being used for the sniffles. They're being used improperly. These things should be last ditch efforts when other things have already been tried. So try natural anti-inflammatories. Maybe you have some turmeric in your house. Maybe there's a great product by Thorne that people might want to consider picking up called Mariva. Now these things are also lowering inflammation, so I don't necessarily recommend them, right? You got to let the body kind of do its thing. But these NSAIDs are just, are just absolutely terrible, right? So what I suggest too, the whole thing about fasting is I think we need to be loading up on micronutrients right now. The single best way to do that is with animal products, animal proteins, like oysters. Oysters are loaded with zinc, fantastic for your immune system. I've talked to you guys about liver, grass-fed beef liver, loaded with vitamin D, loaded with vitamin A, right? Vitamin D, the sun, I'm gonna talk about the sun here in a second with you because I really wanna dig into this. But you guys need to be eating as many micronutrients as you can. This idea of fasting, fasting is really not a smart idea right now. It's, it's just not. It, I don't recommend it at all, right? Yes, and if you have a headache, Jackie, great point. If you have a headache, electrolytes. Do your salt shots. Get your salt shots, get your potassium in, get your magnesium in. So make sure that you're doing this. I have an electrolyte drink recipe that I will share with you guys. If you're interested in that, it's all over the Facebook groups. The private Facebook groups have the electrolyte drink recipe everywhere. That's really important if you have headaches, totally cool. This was before the hysteria. Yes, I know. Uh, cool bath for fevers if it gets too high. Great idea. Ice baths, cold showers, all those things. What else we got? Salt shots for the win. Justin is just passionate. I am very passionate. Yes. Acetaminophen is not classified as an ed set. Okay, great. Um, great correction there. I... I don't recommend taking any of these things right now. I absolutely don't. Um, is acetaminophen... Dig into that. There's there's medical professionals here in this in this thread as well, which is not what I am. So definitely don't take NSAIDs. Um, tell me more about acetaminophen. I believe acetaminophen is in what? Like um, a lot of sinus stuff, right? A lot of allergy medications or like if you have a sinus infection, they're giving you things that are loaded with acetaminophen as well, right? So I guess the question would be, does acetaminophen have the same mechanisms of action, I guess, as some of these NSAIDs? So is acetaminophen, one, I think acetaminophen is in, might not be in NSAIDs. I could be wrong about that. I know that it's used um, for things like sinus infections, because I used to have chronic sinus infections. There used to be a ton of acetaminophen. I know it's carefully controlled. People like cook meth with some of these things. Um, but I just think that people don't need to be freaking out taking all this medication. I absolutely don't think it's necessary. Epsom salt baths, cool man, yep. Take a long wash in nature today. Yes, we're gonna talk about that. What else we got? Bromelain, I don't know. What would you recommend for, for migraines? Electrolytes, 100%. I've never come across a client with migraines that, that we haven't been able to reverse honestly. Um, and I talked about this. I did an episode on migraines, I think two weeks ago, uh, where migraines were mentioned. And I was talking about, I have people who have been getting treatment for migraines for 20 years and their doctors have never talked to them about nutrition, like removing grains. They've never talked to them about electrolytes. They've been on countless medications. These people have crippling migraines where they're laying in bed for two days. They can't get out of bed, right? So then all of a sudden they find Clovis and I have them supplement electrolytes and they've now gone months without a single migraine. Some of these people cry. They're so upset about it. Because they're like, my last 20 years, I didn't need to suffer like this ridiculously. Um, so if you want to just grab something right now, go to drink, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T. 
drinkelement.com or go to Amazon. You can buy Element on Amazon. Just search L-M-N-T, the letters, L-M-N-T, drink L-M-N-T, get electrolytes, start supplementing electrolytes 100%. Um, Anna's going full carnivore, bone broth, cool, that's awesome. Acetaminophen is not an NSAID, but it's still not good for you. Usually the benefits do outweigh the damage it does. Well, it depends, right? It depends, again, so we're talking about these last-ditch efforts, right? The medications are fantastic, everybody. They really can't, they're meant to save your life, right? They're not meant to be preventative, and they're not meant to be taken at the first sign of symptoms. That's just crazy. Acetaminophen is Tylenol, okay? A type of pain reliever which can be dangerous if used in combination with other hepatoactive ingredients. Thank you so much, JB. I really, really appreciate that. Guys, take that stuff in. Read that comment. Acetaminophen is Tylenol, a type of pain reliever which can be dangerous if used in combination with other hepatoactive ingredients, right? Um, so I wonder if that if it still has anti-inflammatory mechanisms. It sounds like it if it's meant to reduce pain. What else we got? Haven't had a migraine since I started taking electrolytes. There you go. Angie, thank you so much for sharing that. Love that product. No more vertigo. Nicole put up a great post in the private groups about how electrolytes have solved her vertigo problem. Anna, thank you for your insight. I'm glad I mentioned the fast. That was planned because it was planned because everything got out of control with this CV and did it to lower back pain. Okay, I'm not gonna read that whole thing. Sorry. What else we got? Acetaminophen will not cause GI ulcers, which NSAIDs can. Yes, I actually know people who have gotten ulcers directly from NSAIDs. Uh, particularly, I've talked about this guy in the past. He was Taylor Swift's guitar player for um, uh, for like a long time so through her first few records and stuff and he had um, arthritis in his hands and was taking daily NSAIDs and developed ulcers from them. He was taking ibuprofen, I believe. Um, yeah, Carla, I'm trying to do the live video at the same time, so just here, yeah. Drink LMNT, there you go, like I said. Drink LMNT, just do that. What else we got here? Okay, let's dig into some other things. Now we're gonna dig into some speculative stuff here. Now, one, let's talk about natural. Fresh air and sunlight. So there's a great article that I read this morning that was talking about the 1918 Spanish flu, this pandemic of the Spanish flu that they literally thought was gonna wipe out the entire population. Well, what, what turns out, they had data from soldiers that were stuck in these barracks with very poor isolation. There was no windows, no sunlight, and these things like the worst place to be was in like a military camp or on a boat or something like that. And the death rate was off the charts. It was like 40% of people were dying from Spanish flu. It was crazy. So what ended up happening, almost by accident, because they're now talking about this in other countries as well, where they're setting up like these tent cities for medical treatment. Well, what started happening with the 1918 Spanish flu is they started treating people outdoors. This is called open air treatment. So we don't see it this way, but it's really crazy. Like something like direct sunlight can actually inactivate influenza or natural open air is quite antibacterial. It's really interesting if you think about it, right? If you were to say, I mean, there's, there's countless thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, whatever, all over the, the globe right now that are running around with this infection. Most of the air is absolutely safe, right? So nature is very, very good at solving a lot of these things. The same way we talk about NSAIDs and everything. Anti-inflammatories are just massive, massive doses that can lower inflammation in a way that herbs have been doing forever. Look at traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda. When you guys are asking about um, what to take, look up Ayurvedic medicine. Just look up like Ayurvedic medicine, inflammation and then try to get your hands on some of those herbs. Traditional Chinese medicine, inflammation, try to get your hands on some of those herbs. There are antibacterial herbs or antimicrobial herbs or all these things, but nature is very, very good at these things. So what they found during the 1918 Spanish flu, some evidence suggests that just by treating people with open air treatment, so they literally have a hospital bed 
outside in direct sunlight with natural air. There's still doctors and nurses and everything treating these people. It took the death rate, some evidence, I, this could be completely wrong, but suggestions say that the death rate went from 40% dropped all the way to 13% during the Spanish flu just with this open air treatment. So people have been doing this. Now, keep in mind, if you're just a normal person, you haven't been infected or anything, I highly, highly recommend like, if you live anywhere near nature, congratulations. That's freaking awesome. I live close enough to nature. I could probably drive out a couple miles and get, because I don't want to go on like a walking trail where I'm going to be with a bunch of other people or whatever either. Like I would much rather, like I wish I lived in Gatlinburg right now. I would just hike all day, you know? Get outside, get direct sunlight. I was outside yesterday. It was like 42 degrees or something. I was outside yesterday, shirtless, in shorts, just reading my Kindle for 15 minutes, just getting some sunlight. So another thing I'll share with you here. Um, app. I'm going to try to find a link for this because it's fantastic. Um, and this is great based on your location. It's going to ask you where your location is. So here, I can't get a direct link because you guys all use different phones, but just look up the D-Minder app. Use the D-Minder app and get daily sun exposure for vitamin D. I don't care if it's cold out, right? I literally went outside in shorts and no shirt on just to get some sunlight yesterday and it was overcasty. So I probably didn't get as much vitamin D as I wanted to, but vitamin D is critical here. Sunshine, open air, get outside, breathe open air. And I know a lot of you live in places where it's cold. So maybe you have to limit that to 10 to 15 minutes at a time. That's totally cool, still do it. So look up the D-Minder app and that's gonna tell you the best time of day based on your location to get maximum IU of vitamin D with that sun exposure. It asks you how many clothes you're wearing, like is 50% of your body uncovered. It's just really great. Look up D-Minder. It's fantastic. JB Brown is very knowledgeable in the pharma drug space. That's awesome, man. Great, great uh, asset to have here. Uh, any and all comments you want to drop in here, JB, let me know because I am not knowledgeable in the pharma drug space. I, I like have refused to use medication for a long time. Um, yes, I used to have vertigo. No more since I take electrolytes. Anna, that's great. How can I get in your program? That's uh, this right there, iamclovis.com slash start. That's really easy because I have an A text expander for that. Just go to iamclovis.com slash start, sign up there, and we can we can take it from there. Um, so sun, very, very good. What else we got here? I just bought liver. Fantastic. You should. So acetaminophen will, JB Brown, guys, this is JB, which is awesome. Thank you. Acetaminophen will reduce a fever, but you don't always want to do that. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You're, what I just said 15 minutes ago or whatever. A fever is a very natural thing. Inflammation is a very natural thing. These are innate systems that the body has within it, endogenous responses, endogenous systems that protect you from these things. This is what the immune system does, right? Autoimmune conditions is just an off the charts immune response, the body attacking itself, it can become very harmful. But in a healthy, in an average healthy person, the innate responses that we have inside of our body are very, very beneficial. So JB is saying, yes, again, like I said, 104 degree fever may require medical attention, whatever. Fever is your body attempting to incinerate pathogens. Only over 104 degrees prolonged is there danger or organ failure or brain damage for sure. Um, now, acetaminophen can be very hard on the liver, especially if used with other things which affect it. Never stack multiple acetaminophen containing products. Fantastic, dude. Badass comment. I really appreciate that. Elena, we've got an acre. We've got an acre and a half in the woods. Sending the kids to play in the backyard while I sit in the sun daily. Mid 40 degrees here. Perfect. I love that. Amy, I just ate my daily dose of liver. Fantastic. There's iamclovis.com slash star. All right. So let's dig into some uh, speculation stuff here. So another interesting article that I saw was about melatonin and vitamin C. So there are these things called inflammasomes. And inflammasomes are specific, right? There's one that has been brought up in correlations with coronavirus, which is called NLRP3. 
NLRP3. So this is an inflammasome and it's associated with COVID-19. Now, there are theories suggesting that this is part of the reason why children are so well protected. So a couple of things that lower or inhibit NLRP3 inflammasomes, I'm just gonna say inflammasomes because it's easier than listing it every time, but something that inhibits these specific inflammasomes is melatonin and vitamin C. So here's a great explanation of this. It's an interesting theory. Again, a lot of this is speculative. Most of what we do when we have a virus we've never seen before is going to be speculative. I am not claiming this cures anything. I am not claiming this prevents anything. Understand that, okay? So melatonin. In children aged one to five, peak melatonin levels are 325 picograms per milliliter, okay? So remember that number, 325 picograms. In adults aged 65 to 70, it's 49. 49 picograms, nearly seven times less natural melatonin at peak melatonin hours, which are in the evening when the sun goes down, okay? Now, so melatonin has been shown to inhibit these specific inflammasomes. Vitamin C has been shown to have similar impacts on these same inflammasomes, which is why I recommended vitamin C in the AMA. So here's some simple dosing. Melatonin, if you're just a healthy person and you have not been infected, I've explained this to you guys a million times too. When the, when the lights go out, when it gets dark outside, that's the body's signal to start activating melatonin. Everybody messes up melatonin dosing because they take melatonin five minutes before they go to bed or they take melatonin 20 minutes before they go to bed. And they're like, I took melatonin and still didn't fell asleep. You should be taking melatonin one to two hours before sleep, preferably one to two hours after your last meal, okay? Now in a normal person, half a milligram is plenty. Most supplements have absurdly high doses. I have a supplement in my house right now that has 10 milligrams in it for, that's 10, God, that's 20 times, half a milligram, which is what I was doing some experimenting with, some biohacking things. But anyway, most products you're gonna find are like either three milligrams or five milligrams or 10 milligrams or whatever. This is why I've always recommended the Onnit Melatonin Spray because you can control it better because six sprays, I believe, is three milligrams. I think that's the dosing there. So obviously you can take uh, one spray and get half a milligram or something like that. Now, if someone is infected with coronavirus, there are people trying this right now, they're using daily doses anywhere from five milligrams up to 50 milligrams. Why? Because there's really no downside. This is where we talk about these kind of natural compounds versus things like NSAIDs. There are massive downsides to NSAIDs. There are massive downsides to acetaminophen, right? Something like melatonin and vitamin C, like vitamin C, you can take all the vitamin C you want. Worst case scenario, you're gonna get diarrhea. That could put you at risk of dehydration. But if you're dealing with hydration and electrolytes, properly, then you don't have to worry about that so much. So we're going to talk about dosing for that too. But if infected, the dosage of melatonin changes from anywhere from five milligrams to 50 milligrams per day. And again, they're showing that melatonin inhibits these inflammasomes called NLRP3. Okay. So now we're going to dig into vitamin C. Vitamin C as well for healthy young individuals. I mean, you don't really need more than two grams per day. I mean, I think I take like I think I take a thousand milligrams per day because I take the Paleo Valley Essential C Complex, which I love. Um, and then I do take one little capsule of ascorbic acid as well. So I'm probably getting like 1500 milligrams a day, something like that. Um, for older at-risk individuals, you can literally take one gram per hour until we know more because this is really no joke, right? Taking one gram per hour, particularly if your melatonin levels are low. If you're 65, 70 years old, you should be dosing melatonin, dosing vitamin C. Again, I'm not claiming this cures anything. I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice, okay? 
So they're saying for, for older at-risk individuals, they can take one gram of vitamin C per hour. And again, it could give you loose stools, focus on hydration and electrolytes. Again, speculation. Now, if infected, some physicians are recommending that these most at-risk individuals take one gram of vitamin C every 15 to 30 minutes. That's crazy. You're gonna live your life on the toilet. Whoa, but again, speculation, but we're dealing with something that we've never dealt with before. Now, the other thing I wanna talk about since we're on the topic of these NLRP3 inflammasomes is another thing that has been shown to inhibit the NLRP3 inflammasomes is ketones being in ketosis. Now, again, Clovis, we do not chase ketones. We don't try to get your ketone levels as high as we can. You're probably gonna be in some form of therapeutic, not therapeutic ketosis. You're gonna be in some low level form of ketosis virtually all the time, except postprandial, maybe a couple hours after your big meal, because you're gonna be taking in a lot of protein with Clovis, because I recommend what is considered a high protein diet by the mainstream. I think it's a normal protein diet. It's an adequate protein diet. We don't chase ketones, but for most of you, if you've been living Clovis, you're gonna spend a very good portion of the day in mild nutritional ketosis, at least. So ketones have been shown to be great, and they've actually tested like beta-hydroxybutyrate, exogenous ketones, at inhibiting these NLRP3 inflammasomes. Very, very interesting stuff. So low carb, guys, you don't wanna be going to the store again and getting a bunch of non-perishables and eating nothing but carbohydrates. I've also warned my vegan and vegetarian friends about this. Like, listen, while you're stocking up for food, it's not a good idea. You're not gonna be getting a ton of micronutrients to just be stocking up on nothing but like frozen vegetables or produce that's gonna go bad in the fridge or something. I was like, listen guys, I know you're vegan vegetarian. At least buy some eggs. Please at least buy some eggs. Like, come on, do something here. Micronutrients, right? Get, get yourself some liver, please. Um, what else we got here? Okay, so uh, there's a company called Gilead that has a drug called Remdesivir. And Remdesivir is actually well-tested because it's been used for different viruses in the past, but doctors are now officially prescribing this around the world off-label for COVID-19. So interesting, I don't know, you can look up Gilead, buy stock in them, see what happens. So we talked about fresh air and sunlight. Um, let me see some of these comments here. I heard China is using vitamin C as treatment. Yes, uh, uh, all around the world, this ascorbic acid thing seems to be catching on. People are using very, very high dose vitamin C. Same with magnesium. I took six tablespoons of magnesium citrate, whoa, before bed, and then had strange dreams and diarrhea. So JB, something worth noting is I tell people that if they don't want the diuretic effects of magnesium, I highly recommend, recommend different versions of it, like magnesium glyconate seems to be much, much better. Magnesium citrate can be very, very laxative-inducing. IV vitamin C has some fascinating data in virology. Yes, absolutely. So another thing to remember too, when people talk about these cancer protocols, where people are like, oh yeah, they went down to the Dominican Republic or wherever, and they did a juice fast, right? They forget that a lot of these people doing juice fasting, one, a lot of these facilities are supplementing animal organs, literally. So they're eating things like liver for high micronutrients. Yes, they're doing a juice fast, and they're doing as much as 20 grams of IV vitamin C per day, right? So they're using massive doses of intravenous vitamin C on a, on a juice cleanse. So they're essentially fasting. But again, this is not viral. In virology, yes, there's data there too. But JB, I'm talking about something different if we talk about like cancer. Like in terms of cancer, you want to kill as many, as many precancerous or cancerous cells as possible. That's where you need autophagy and apoptosis. So what are they really doing here by there's no protein intake virtually. So they're using animal organs, which do have some protein in them, but they're just loaded with micronutrients. Most of their diet is a juice fast, so they're not taking in a lot of pr protein, so autophagy and apoptosis can happen. And then they're doing hyperloading IV therapy vitamin C, right? 
So that's what everybody forgets. They focus, well, a juice cleanse is good for a cancer. Well, there's a lot of other things going on there. But yeah, anyway, excellent comments. Um, thank you, JB. Judy, she's taking 2,000 milligrams per day of vitamin C. That's great. Um, Judy, you are probably... I hate to say it like this, but you're probably in the higher risk category. I would probably recommend a little bit more than that. Get your hands on some vitamin C, on, on, on some melatonin. I would get the Onnit melatonin. You can go to your Clovis discounts uh, in the I Am Clovis membership page and you can get a discount on Onnit products. So I would try to get that Onnit melatonin spray or maybe get on Amazon and, and not go through the Clovis link just because you can get it faster. Try to get like one day delivery or something. I don't know how long all these delivery things are gonna be running for. I know UPS right now, their, um, their what's it called, their union or whatever, is really fighting to try to get people off of work. So we don't really know what's going to happen here. It could be could be kind of crazy. Um, I take my magnesium glyconate. Excellent. How about potassium? Um, I'm being, I can't read that comment. There's oh I'm see I'm I'm seeing people also dosing up on that. Um, I always recommend potassium. I always have. That's when I give you the electrolyte supplement drink that I recommend that you can make in your house. It has potassium, magnesium, and sodium. All three of them. Sodium hands down the most important. Sodium and um, water even each other out, right, in terms of overall hydration, but sodium and potassium also need to be balanced. Sodium potassium balance is a big deal. When a lot of people are dealing with like swelling, they're like, oh, I started dosing a bunch of sodium and I saw swelling or whatever. Swelling is usually due to an imbalance in sodium and potassium. Sodium and potassium need to be balanced. Ideally, you should have those things balanced, which can be tricky because it's hard to measure the total potassium and sodium that you're getting from your food. But in terms of supplementation, it's not a bad idea to get one gram of sodium and get mm, half a gram to a gram of potassium. Really not a bad idea. I'm not saying you have to do them exactly one for one because most people's diets contain far more potassium than they do sodium. So you're probably getting a lot of potassium in your diet, particularly if you're eating a lot of vegetables. Um, so you're probably getting more potassium in the diet than you're getting it from sodium. So I wouldn't tell you to do the dosing of an exact one for one, but absolutely you need potassium, 100%. Put the spray in the notes. Will 5,000 milligrams be enough? Yes. So um, wait, 5,000 milligrams? Are you, oh, you're, you're probably talking about vitamin C now. You're probably talking about melatonin and vitamin C. Again, with the comments, it's tricky sometimes because, yeah, the dosing for melatonin is anywhere from five milligrams to 50 milligrams of, of, of melatonin. Um, vitamin C, yeah, you'll probably be fine with, with 5,000 milligrams. But again, so go back to that like on the hour thing. They're telling older people that are high risk, that are high risk to take one gram every hour, right? you were to do that all day during your waking days, you're going to hit 12 grams in a day. I'm not saying that that is necessary, particularly if you're not having any symptoms. Um, but it's, I'll, I'll share all these articles and everything. I'll try to gather some notes for this thing. Um, the other thing to remember is uh, when we talk about ketogenic diets, or we talk about carnivore diets, or my Clovis diet, which is an adequate protein diet, moderately high fat and low carbohydrate, um, what will happen is people will see their cholesterol numbers change. What we also know right now is that from virtually all the evidence that has ever existed on cholesterol is that people with the highest LDL numbers actually do the best against mortality via virus, okay? So LDL is 100%, absolutely, LDL is protective against viruses. So again, when I tell you guys to load up on the organ meats for your micronutrients, load up on the red meat, all those things, guys, this is a great opportunity. You're home. You're sitting at home. You're not going to restaurants. There's no social life, no whatever. Why don't you just get your shit together with nutrition? If you haven't gotten your shit together with nutrition yet, why not try it? Get your shit together. Do it, literally. Just 
Try a carnivore experiment. Try a Clovis experiment. Try a strict ketogenic experiment. Try to get your body in therapeutic levels of ketones. Try to get your ketones over three millimolars or something, right? Why not experiment with these things? Guys, you're home anyway. You're home. You should be exploring body weight demand training. Go watch my AMA 105 about the coronavirus where I talk to you about body weight demand training. You should be exercising in your home every day. You should be sleeping well. You should be trying to get your nutrition on track, right? It's people going out and buying Pop-Tarts and popcorn. It's ridiculous. Cynthia, how do we know that infected people don't always have symptoms if we're only testing people with have symptoms? Does everyone who is infected ultimately have symptoms or will? No. So we talked about this. Sorry, Cynthia. I thought I answered this in your Facebook group, but I do want to talk about this right now. Many, many people are asymptomatic right now. I actually believe that the ridiculously rapid spread of this thing is mostly due to asymptomatic people. I like if I had coronavirus, I can virtually guarantee you guys, if I contract coronavirus, I'm stupid healthy, right? I just am. I, I can virtually guarantee I'm going to be asymptomatic or maybe have a sniffle or something. So I think what is happening, and this is where people are being crazy irresponsible, is all these people, I'm not afraid of coronavirus. I'm going to go to the bar and I'm going to have a drink and I'm going to host a coronavirus party with all my friends and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And they're just constantly exposing themselves or exposing themselves to other people or being exposed to other people. I think a very, very high percentage of people that have coronavirus right now are completely asymptomatic. I think asymptomatic people are walking around infecting other people who are at a higher risk of them than they are. So if I had, again, if I'm asymptomatic and I go to my mom's house, well, my mom is 61 and she has smoked cigarettes for 45 years. She recently quit cigarettes and I'm very proud of her, but she still smoked cigarettes for 45 years. Her husband is a type two diabetic. His A1C is off the charts. So now we have Justin, if I'm a dickhead, I'm, I'm not afraid of this at all. <laughs> right? And then I get affected, infected and then I go to my mom's house and hug her and give her a kiss on the cheek like I always do, right? My mom is at a much higher risk than I am. So it's selfish. It's very selfish to be running around saying you're not afraid of this thing, blah, 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 blah. I absolutely think that a very large percentage of infected people are asymptomatic. I think that's a problem, right? People don't understand epidemiology. Yes, 100%, JB. Can you catch it more than once? So Shelly, this is a really good question. Um, I can, am not going to pretend to know an answer here, but... I can say that the only way the human species, outside of a vaccine, the only way that the human species is going to develop immunity to this thing is through exposure and through infection. That's just kind of the way the system's going to work, right? We adapt to these things. So it's kind of like chickenpox. I don't, chickenpox, we know, you get it, and you usually don't get it again. But then there's shingles, which is kind of like chickenpox, right? And people tend to get that as an adult. And then there's four other coronaviruses. There's cold and flu. I've had colds and I've had flus multiple times. The question right now isn't so much, can you catch it more than once? The question in my mind is, if you catch it once and recover, and then down the line catch it again, I would imagine you would be at a much lower risk of severe complications. This is 100% my hypothesis. I am pulling this out of my ass, everybody. I cannot stress to you enough that I am not a medical professional. I do not have a PhD in biochemistry like my friend Anthony J, who I've talked to. I am not a biologist. I've never studied infectious diseases. Understand this. This is not me. I am coming to you guys with 100% humility here. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, okay? So I'm just trying to share information with you guys. But this, this part right here doesn't come from anybody else but my little brain here. I, the way that I'm looking at this is not if, do you catch it once? Do you catch it? If you catch it once, can you catch it again? I'm not looking at it, at it that way. I'm looking at, 
if you are infected by this thing and recover fully and don't have severe complications, I would imagine that the next time, if you were to catch it again, if that is possible, might not be possible, but I would imagine that next time you would be at a lower risk of severe complications from this thing, okay? That's the way that I feel about it. Now, hopefully, hopefully, I hope that it is like chickenpox. I hope that you get it once and you can never get it again. I hope you get it once, your body builds up an immunity and this damn thing goes away because this sucks, right? In theory, that is correct, Justin. Thank you, JB. I appreciate that. That's what I think is going to happen, in theory. Um, now, best case scenario, my hope, my wish, my dream for this thing, please pray to whatever higher power you believe in, is that if you get it once and recover, you can never get it again. But we do not know that for sure. I'm staying away from my father who has renal failure. Yes, renal failure is a really serious situation. Any any, there's a lot of previous things that that are putting you at very high risk. So there's some graphs floating around. You can see like high blood pressure seems to be a huge one. Previous cancer diagnosis seems to be a huge one. Current smokers, off the charts risk. Previous smokers, still at a high risk. Again, we talked about the high HbA1c. High blood glucose levels seem to be problematic. That is the elderly and type 1 diabetics and type 2 diabetics. Big, big problem. So again, I get type 1 diabetics that come to me all the time like, I can't take your advice, Justin. I have to eat sugar. I have to eat candy bars or I'll go hypoglycemic. And I go, wow, you really don't understand biochemistry. I've worked with countless type 1 diabetics. Generally speaking, when I work with a type 1 diabetic from day one of Clovis to within six months of Clovis, I have reduced their daily insulin intake by 85%. That's what I do with type 1 diabetics, right? And I treat them very much the same in the same way that I treat type 2 diabetics. This hypoglycemia thing is ridiculous. It's just the body looking for energy. That's it. It's the body looking for energy. If you become hypoglycemic, you don't need to drink a bunch of sugar. You don't need to do that. It drives me crazy. Try taking some MCT oil, some CA MCT oil. Take an exogenous ketone, right? Eat a little bit of sweet potato. I don't know. It's just ridiculous, you guys. But anyway, um, yeah, so the other thing is uh, kidney Kidney problems, previous kidney issues, that can be a really big risk factor for this thing. And the thing is, when I talk about risk factor, always know this, I'm still saying that like 80 plus percent of people infected are not gonna have a huge problem with this thing. But when I say high risk, I am saying high risk of complications from coronavirus. I'm not saying high risk of infection. We all are at risk of infection, all of us, because there is no innate immunity to this thing. It doesn't exist right? So we are all at risk of infection. Odds are at this point, based on the data we have, we will all get this at some point. So understand that as well. So when I am using the words high risk, I am saying you are at high risk of complications due to coronavirus infection, right? Type 1 diabetics, type 2 diabetics, like they're at a higher risk of death from this thing. It's scary to say it that way, but that's the deal, right? So again, I just wanted to hop on here and share this with you guys and tell you my thoughts on everything. Um, I can share some tinfoil hat stuff if you want me to. <laughs> I can't help but go down that road. But um, And I also wanted to share with you that yes, I did have some insider information. Um, I was told on Thursday that an imminent lockdown of the entire nation was coming for at least 14 days. Um, I then incorrectly assumed that the press conference on Friday was going to be to lock down the nation and that is not what happened. So I was incorrect on that. I think that I am correct on this lockdown situation. I think that the people that I know are very well connected and I think that they were just way, way, way ahead of the curve and they didn't actually tell me. They didn't say that it was going to be a Friday announcement. They just said, go get your family prepared right now for a nationwide lockdown. 
So I want to share that with you guys. I was really on my heart to share it with you, um, even though I was kind of asked not to. But anyway, I don't know. You don't know what the hell is going on with these things. It feels good to be in like the inner circle to know some people that I know. I really, really like that. But I wouldn't like myself as a person if I don't at least share that with you guys, my Clovis tribe, um, and just share everything that I that I know. Again, I can't guarantee that this is going to happen. I could be completely wrong. My, my connections could be completely wrong. I really don't know, right? Um, now, something interesting... A little uh, uh, tinfoil hat theory that I'll share with you here is what I thought was interesting was I learned this information and expected this to come quickly and then a press conference was held. Now in the last two weeks, all of the gains in the stock market that have happened since the president took office have been wiped out. This is not because of his economy. His economy is stupid strong. And, and again, I just want to be clear. I don't care about your politics. I do not care. I don't care if you like Trump. I don't care if you hate him. I don't care who you like, who you hate. I don't care at all. Facts is facts, everybody. The economy was booming before this coronavirus thing, right? Jobs reports are all fantastic. Everything was stellar. The economy's killing it, right? Now, all of Trump's, what they call the Trump bump uh, of the stock, the stock's just rising out of control since Trump took office. All of the Trump bump was wiped out in the last two weeks because of panicked selling due to coronavirus. This is not because of the economy, everybody. This is due to coronavirus. Now, if I think about it like this, what if the people at the top, the billionaires, remember, President Trump is a billionaire first. He's, he's president second, right? I've met billionaires, everybody. The billionaires know each other, <laughs> okay? So understand that. So here's my little tinfoil hat theory is I think that this imminent nationwide lockdown is known about by a lot of people. Even the mainstream news is talking about it today. This is why I'm so comfortable sharing this now. The mainstream news is already talking about uh, the United States doing what Italy did with a nationwide lockdown. What if, now if you're a billionaire and you're sitting in the president's seat and you say, all of my gains were just wiped out over the last two weeks, you probably have a lot of billionaire friends that are pissed about the plummeting stock market. Well, what if you could hold a press conference and spike the stock market? On Friday, we saw the biggest single day gains in the stock market that we've seen since 2008. Successful press conference in terms of the economy, right? Very successful press conference in terms of getting back gains in the stock market. Now, what if you spike the stock market gains ridiculously, tons of stock market gains in that one day, and then you and all your billionaire friends sell some of your stocks before the closing bell on Friday. It's now Sunday, and we're going to have probably more announcements on what's going to happen. We know that we can virtually guarantee at this point that Boston, New York City, uh, the whole state of California, the whole state of Washington, these are going to do statewide lockdowns. We know that that's coming. So then we know maybe an announcement will be made of nationwide lockdowns. What did this do? It bought the billionaires a couple of hour period literally like an hour and a half period where the stock market jumped like crazy and they could sell a shitload of stocks. Again, tinfoil hat theory could be totally making this up. I don't know, guys. I've drank a lot in my life. My brain could be completely fried. What the hell do I know, right? But anyway, that's my tinfoil hat theory. I just wanted to get on here and share this stuff with you guys. That's Basically all that I have. I wanted to talk to you about melatonin and vitamin C. I wanted to talk to you about open air treatment, sunlight. I wanted to talk to you about the potential lockdown. I wanted to talk to you about micronutrients. By the way, in the Clovis Academy, Marty Kendall from Optimizing Nutrition shared a fantastic article on what to eat right now to boost your immune system. Again, I don't really believe in supplements right now. Um, melatonin and vitamin C in very high doses, these things could prove to be therapeutic, but hands down, more powerful than that is getting your base nutrition right 
And I love the idea of hormetic, uh, hormesis, environmental hormesis, right? Hormetic stressors like sauna and cold showers, getting outside in the cold. I'm a huge fan of this right now. I think these things are way more powerful for our endogenous immune system than supplementation is. Get the nutrition right, remove the, dr the junk, focus on micronutrient intake, read that article by Marty Kendall because it's amazing. Let me see if I can grab it right now for you guys. I can share it here. That's a great idea. Uh, let me see if I can grab this. Hold on just a second. Bear with me. And... Um, let me see. There it is. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to share this with you guys in the comments right now. It's a fantastic article. And he just talks about, you know, um, basically foods that have the things that we need. Vitamin D, selenium, vitamin C, vitamin A, all these things that are that are known to help the immune system. You got a whole list of foods right there. So go read that article. Um, I'm going to get out of here because I'm actually fasted right now and I don't want to be fasted this late into the day. I didn't know this thing was going to go an hour and 10 minutes. Um, but I love you guys. Thank you for being here. I'm going to rip this and put it out as a podcast. It'll be kind of a bonus podcast. That's all the information I have. I think a lockdown is coming. I'm completely prepared for it. Um, we talked about melatonin, talked about vitamin C, talked about open air therapy, getting sunlight on your skin, hormesis, environmental hormesis, take a cold shower every day, do some form of movement or exercise practice every single day, remove grains, remove grains, remove grains. That's like the number one thing I can tell you, remove grains because these are the biggest triggers of immune responses. Grains trigger an immune response in the body. Why would you want to set up your immune system for failure just to eat some fucking bread? Don't be stupid, everybody, okay? So stop doing things that crush your innate immune system. What else we got here? Anna, oh, no, the kids jump in the cold pool, then jacuzzi. That's a great idea. Great, great idea, okay? So get outside, go for a hike, get some sunlight on your skin. Um, really self-quarantine, everybody. Until we have more information, containment is really critical for this thing. I hate to sound like an alarmist, but I'm telling you, we should have done this a long time ago. And I'm glad that I work from home and everything. I got a nice little setup here. But anyway, um, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. I'm going to put this out as a podcast right now. So grab this podcast, share it with your family. Um, you can tag you can tag people in this post. You can tag people right now in the comments. That's why I did this on the public Facebook page. So you guys would be able to share this if you wanted to. So thank you so much. I am available to you. Justin at IamClovis.com is my email. Justin at IamClovis.com. You can go to IamClovis.com slash start and work with me, whatever. So anything you guys want to do, um, I'm here. I'm going to share the information as I have it. As of right now, that's all the information that I have. So I hope that was very helpful for you guys in some way, shape, or form. Josh, appreciate it. Enjoy the info. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. I might be hitting you up if I need more meat. I probably got 12 months of meat in my house, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll need some. All right, guys. I love you. I'm out of here. Bye-bye.